let's take a moment this morning and pray. And I encourage you to turn your expector on. Let God speak to you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this time we have together. We approach your word now with humility and great respect. Thank you for the impartation of truth that makes us free. Lord, we ask that each one have eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, may a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him be granted unto each one. Thank you for all that you're doing in us and through us now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, we're in a series, as most of you know, and I actually plan on finishing this series uh, today and starting with something brand spanking new next time. All right. Uh, but this series is called Getting Control of Your Life. And many of you know that we have um, basically broken this series up into two main elements, two main components to a controlled life. That is a controlled mind and a controlled mouth. And if ever you're feeling chaos and things are just crazy and out of control in your life, I want to encourage you always to check these two areas. What have you been thinking about? What have you been, med med been meditating on? And then what have you been saying? And those two main principles will have a profound effect upon your life from top to bottom. And these principles are, uh, are given to us in the Word of God over and over and over again. Many times people spend their whole life as a receptacle of junk. Junk that they experience, junk they see on TV, junk that they that comes out of their own mouth and all these things are being gathered up into the heart of that person and that can be very dangerous for a person who wants to live a good life and live for God and live a controlled life you know I was thinking uh, just uh, yesterday as I was um, meditating on some of these things and I, I remembered hearing a while back about the great Pacific garbage patch uh, does anybody know what the great Pacific, Pacific garbage patch is? Yeah, a few, few of you do. Uh, there is, out in the Pacific Ocean, between California and Hawaii, somewhere out there, what has been called the great Pacific garbage patch. Why do they call it that? Because there is a floating mass of garbage this, about the size of Texas. It's, a, it's amazing to even comprehend and think about. And it's deep. And it's massive. And they say it's about, they estimate, about 3.5 million tons of trash. And there's nothing they can do about it that they know of. Most of it, of course, is plastic stuff because it doesn't degrade and, and just kind of you know, mingle in with the water. It stays intact. And it's getting larger and larger and larger. I mean, imagine. It's, it's like a, an island out there, a large island, <laughs> when you think of the size of Texas. And the reason this thing exists is because of the currents of um, the ocean and stuff that it, the ocean picks up from the shore, stuff that falls off ships, stuff that gets blown into the water, many, many, many different ways that stuff ends up falling into the ocean. These currents start taking it away, and eventually 
it all ends up in the same place. And it's become so massive that they don't know what to do with it. I mean, what are you going to do? Go scoop it up? <laughs> Can you guys bring your boats over here? Let's get a few trash bags and clean this mess up. It's too huge. Uh, but this is likewise, I think, what has happened in the lives of many people is just throughout life, currents flowing their way, they've picked up all kinds of garbage in their hearts and in their mind. And they sometimes wonder why they have a difficult time um, thinking straight and living right and having everything just be at peace. Well, there needs to be some garbage removal take place. Hmm. And uh, we know that um, when it comes to the ocean, I guess they're having a lot of trouble, but with the Word of God, you can get cleaned out. And you can absolutely uh, have control of your life. You've heard the old phrase, garbage in, garbage out. And, uh, but with the Word of God, we can effectively uh, clean up the mess and all the junk that we've collected through our lives. And it's a necessary procedure in order to be able to fulfill the perfect will of God and really experience His best in our lives. How many know what the Lord wants and what we experience are not always the same? God has a plan. He, there is a, a high level that He desires all of us to live at. And do we live there? I would say, for the most part, uh, no, I know uh, most Christians I know don't live at the level that God desires for them. I know in my own life, I don't always live at the highest level that God has for me. I don't always experience what is the best and, the, and what's available. And sometimes it's a lack of knowledge and understanding. Sometimes it's just carnality. Sometimes it's just a lack of, uh, of discipline and diligence in life. But the Lord has set up for us a high standard. And I don't know about you, I just, I just got it in me that we should go for it. I just think if it's available, if it's been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus, I should have it all. I mean, if he bought and paid for my healing, I should be healed all the time. Right. Hmm? Now, if I, if I experience some pain or trouble, I don't need to beat myself up over it and think, what's wrong with me? Man, forget about that and just go for it. You know, go for the prize. Let's reach out and go for the gold here and, and get all that the Lord has, has made available to us. If, you know, if, if the Lord has provided a way where we can live in abundance and prosperity, yet we're not experiencing it to that level, well, don't worry about it, but just go for it. Just reach out and say, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot for the best that God has to offer me. In the middle of that, understand the procedure. I've got to have my mouth cleaned out with soap. Anybody ever have that as a kid? That is child abuse. I know firsthand. <laughs> That's another subject. That's not really a biblical way to discipline either. <laughs> but we've got to have our heart cleaned out. If we've been collecting a bunch of junk, which is wrong thinking and wrong believing and a lot of the ways of the world, and those things are governing, governing our hearts and minds and, and ultimately our lives. Those things must be changed. We must have change internally before we can have change externally. And uh, I'm not going to ha have my mouth running wild one way and think I'm going I'm to experience the opposite. No, the Lord put too much control and power within the words of a human being. 
Now, our text again in James chapter 3, in verse 2, says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. And so we can see very clearly in the Word of God that if we're out of control, it's due, at least in part, to our mouth saying the wrong stuff. I know the other part is the mind, all right? But if I'll control my mind and control my mouth, I'll be able to control my life. I want you to look with me at Matthew chapter 15. Matthew, the 15th chapter as well. And let's see something else that the Lord Jesus said here concerning the mouth. In Matthew 15 and verse 11, 15, 11. Jesus said, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Notice, very strong language, what comes out of your mouth has the ability to defile you. Oftentimes, people are thinking it's all about physical stuff. In other words, it's all about your diet, it's all about your food. No, that's not the main thing not saying it doesn't have any relevance or any importance to your livelihood on the planet, but that's not the main issue. The main thing is not what goes in your mouth, it is what comes out of your mouth. That is what has the ability to defile a person. Evil is something that works in the lives of people, but it has a process that it needs to come to fruition and come to pass. It starts as a thought. Evil starts in your mind starts as a thought if we give that thought uh, a place to live if we allow it to reside in our minds in our thinking in other words we meditate on it that thought uh, eventually becomes conceived in the heart and it becomes a part of who we are uh, it is finally from that point it is given birth through the spoken word and so the best place to clip this thing off is when it's still a thought. But if you've gone too far and you've given attention, you've meditated on things that were ungodly and things that were wrong. And let me take a side note here. Sometimes they don't have an evil face on it. Sometimes it's just contrary to the word of God. Sometimes it's scripture being twisted. Sometimes it's the thing that God said, but not taken the way he intended to say it and what he meant to say, and it doesn't have a face of evil on it, so we accept it. This is what we must be, must be watchful for, okay? All of us know, not that we always do it right, but all of us know about sinful thoughts and certain things that we know that's bad, but here's where deception sets in when we think it's good, when it's get put a, a pretty face is put on it and God is, God's name is slapped all over it. It's preached from... Uh, from a pulpit or something and, and uh, it followed with a prayer and we accept it as a reality when it actually has an evil root to it because it's contrary to the way that God thinks. See, you know, even when those things have taken place, we let them reside in our minds, we've accepted them, they've been conceived in our heart, it can still be aborted. Okay? It can still be stopped from coming into full manifestation. How? If we can get to it, before it gets to the mouth. If you can get to that thought, the meditation of your heart, before it gets to the, house, gets to the mouth. And I got to tell you, that's a lot more difficult than stopping it when it first comes as a thought. Because your heart is designed, we're designed to operate that way. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth 
speaks and it's designed to come out but if we can catch it we can start saying the opposite quick come on you got to get on this fast and start saying what's true saying what's right speaking life to counteract that word of death and hurry up and get that thing uh, stopped in its tracks so it doesn't come to pass in your life because that is what will cause it to manifest in your life okay and so we understand this power of speaking the word of God we know for uh, that there was a time in our lives where by confessing the lordship of Jesus salvation became a reality in our lives didn't it we, we heard about the Lord through a, we read the word or more than likely we heard from someone else the grace of God the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that thought came into our mind and we let it in and we said yeah for some it was just a few minutes for some it was years but that thought got in and you allowed it to get established in your heart and the day came maybe it was real quick sometimes it happens that way the day came and you confessed that Jesus is Lord and just like that you gave birth to a brand new life <laughs> you were born again and everything became different and will be different for all of eternity I want you to look at Deuteronomy chapter 30 with me Deuteronomy Deuteronomy <laughs> chapter 30 see see many of the ills and many of the evils in our world they also become a reality in our lives because we give voice to those thoughts and like we see many things we hear of many evil things many evil thoughts and and contrary to God thoughts thoughts come into our mind but we can stop them in their tracks if we simply won't give them a voice keep them in that thought realm where they have no power to change the physical world actually resist those thoughts but if you keep them in that area don't give a voice to them there's so many things that cross our minds if we would just not speak it out we're denying it its power to exist in our lives and that is critical many of you know this verse this is a popular verse of scripture and it's a good one uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30 in verse 19 30 19 uh, the scripture said I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death blessing and cursing therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live can we see here clearly that the Lord placed before us it is his choice to make it our choice that whether we experience life or death blessing or cursing is completely up to us we have to choose life or death I've discovered this that in the fallen state of our world and with the unrenewed mind and the uncontrolled flesh of man that unless a person chooses life sometimes they are by default choosing death so many people they might say well I'm not specifically choosing to go through this hell that I'm going through in my life I haven't chosen this path that I'm on or the things that I'm experiencing today but it just happened to me you trying to tell me that I chose it well I'm trying to tell you that unless we choose the opposite 
There is by default the way that our world goes, and that's down. We're not evolving. <laughs> Sorry to tell you. <laughs> Mankind is devolving. The earth is falling apart. Things are getting worse. And unless we, by our choice, choose blessing and choose life, things are going to deteriorate. But the point I'm trying to make here, we need to know how we choose life. How can I choose blessing and health and victory and peace and harmony in the home? How can I choose this? Here's how you do it. It's not just, okay, got it. I chose it. Not just I sat down and internally I made a mental choice and I said, mm, okay, life and blessing from here on out. All right, that's a good thought. That's a good start. But remember Proverbs 18, which says life and death are in the power of the tongue. I'm really not choosing life unless I'm speaking it. I might internally decide, yes, I like, I mean, I see the options here. I've given it a lot of thought. I'm going to go ahead and go with life and blessing as opposed to death and cursing. But ultimately, our choice is made by what we say. If I'm just internally choosing and I've made a mental choice that I'm, I'm going to go with you, Lord, I'm going with life, but then my voice contradicts and betrays that internal decision, I end up experiencing death. And many people have in their lives things they didn't want, things they didn't purposefully invite, but a failure to speak the word of God will invite and allow a big fat open door for death to work in their life. And these are keys that we must know are true. I choose life. I choose blessing. I choose God's best. But how do I do it? I choose it with my words. I use the power of the tongue that God has given me to have control in my own life. And I've got to be speaking words of life. Amen. Amen. Now, just like we've been given instructions as to what we are to think about, and we spent some time in this series on that uh, from for from Philippians 4, for example, things that are good and lust and, and just and, and lovely and of, and of good report and so forth. We are to meditate on those things. Those same guidelines and principles also can and should govern our words. If I'm wondering what to say, what am I supposed to say? Is it good? Is it lovely? Is it just? Same principles that we followed with uh, that controls our thought life. And you've heard as a kid, um, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything. And that's, a, that's, that's good advice to follow. Um, find something good to say about, you know, find something good to say about your kids. Find something good to say about your marriage. Find something good to say about yourself, about your physical body. Hmm. Stop ragging on yourself. Find something good to say. Find something good to say about your future. Find something good to say about your church. I'm not just talking about avoiding bad things. Find something good to say. Find something good to say about your, your pastor. <laughs> Find something good to say about the U.S. of A. Amen. 
A lot of because a lot of times what we're saying is all a bunch of junk. It's all a bunch of and they say, but it's true. Well, <laughs> you might be right, but I'm, what I'm telling you is find something good to say. Okay, it's not our job to vo- verbalize and vocalize everything that's wrong. Find something good to say about all the different areas of your life, everything that you come in contact with. And once you find something good to say, say it again. And then tomorrow when you wake up, say it again. And let it be a habit because these words that we speak are choices that we're making. I want you to look at a couple of scriptures in the Psalms. Psalm 70. Psalm 70. Seventy in verse four. It said, "Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you, and let those who love your salvation say continually, let God be magnified.'" I, I, I run across these scriptures, these verses that use that word continually, and I recognize. That the Lord doesn't want me speaking good and speaking right and speaking life and speaking victory on occasion. Once in a while. Don't treat it like it's a happy birthday. Oh, it's that time of year. I should say something good. (laughs) These are things we are to say repeatedly over and over. What's one of them? Well, here's a good one. Let God be magnified. That should be a regular part of our conversation. You know that's scriptural. You know, if you were to come across, something, you met someone new, and you found out that just every, every now and then, it seems like all of a sudden they just start saying, praise God, or glory to God. Let the Lord be magnified. You might go around and say, Have you, if you, you met that guy, they're always giving praise to God. Oh, they're always saying stuff like that. Well, the problem is you ought to be too. <laughs> right? That person is doing what's scripturally right. They're continually saying that the Lord be magnified. Look at Psalm 34. Psalm 34. If you've been around for a while, you know, remember we did a whole series based on this. This was our text. It says in verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mind. Is that what it says? His praise will continually be in my Bible. (laughs) In my church. Whatever. No. His praise is to continually be in my mouth. That means praising God ought to be a very normal part of what we do. Amen. And it's, conti- it's not just to be in our mouths once in a while. Well, I sing the songs at church. Unless you're coming to church like a few times a day, you're missing it. Praise is to continually be in our mouth. So why did we bring this up? It's a hard, uh, it's a difficult thing to do to complain and speak negative stuff throughout your life if you're doing this. Because you will notice a stark difference when you're saying, praise God, the world stinks. (laughs) Let God be magnified. 
my life is <laughs> terrible, you know. You'll find that you just can't really do that, okay. Probably the person who's letting a whole lot of negativity and words of death come out of their mouth, they're not giving the Lord equal time at, at, even at all. They're not counteracting that with equal words of life and praise to God. It's probably dominating their life, and it's like 10 to 1 or 10 to none. But we are to let the praises of Him be in our lives continually. Agree with God's best. Say what He has promised. Say it again. Say it again. Amen. When someone says something good, tell them. Say it again. Say that again. That's good. That's good. Say that again. Repeat it over and over. Just like people repeat negative stuff over and over and over. You ever hear a good joke? And you, that is just good. That was just funny. And so you tell it how many times? You t every time there's a new person around. Right? you got to tell the next person. Why? Because it was just, just worth saying again. And you don't even care if there's a few people that were there the first time. There's a new person in the group. Hey, did, I, did you hear about so-and-so? <laughs> or did you hear about the person who walked into the whatever? <laughs> what? The person who walked into the bar, he said, ouch, that's <laughs> Pastor Allen's good jokes. <laughs> And uh, amen. Hebrews 10, 23, you can turn there if you want, but it says this, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he is faithful who promised. Why would we be told to hold fast or hold to or not quit or give up or change, hold fast to the confession of our hope simply for the very reason that many people are not holding fast, and there's a temptation to say what you see and what you feel, as opposed to the very Word of God that ever lives and abides. It's the unchanging faithfulness of God. There's a temptation to go with what you feel and see, as opposed to what the Lord has said. And so we had to be given specific instruction to hold fast to our confession. Amen. One of the reasons for that is this as well. Uh, not everything happens instantly. We'd like it to, you know, and in, and in many situations, it is God's best that it does happen. Let's take, let's take, for example, a healing. It is God's best and His perfect will that every single one of us experience perfect health instantly right now. If you're not sure about that, that's a whole other message. But it's God's will and best for every one of us. If, if someone needs healing today, I want you to know it's God's best for you to be absolutely, completely restored instantly. Amen. I know that because Jesus already paid the price for, that, for you to have that. So, so here's the deal, though. What if it doesn't happen 100% instantly? The Scripture tells us, hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. The temptation would be, if I don't feel it all instantly, if I prayed about something and I don't have an immediate 100% solution in response to my prayer, the temptation is to say what I don't see or what I see that's not right or what I feel. That's why we're instructed, don't you do that. 
Don't you give voice to that. Don't you allow those words of unbelief and doubt and, and all that to come out of your mouth. No, 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 no. You hold fast to your confession. Well, why would I do that? Because He is faithful who promised. Because God gave you a guarantee when, you, when He gave you His word. And if He gives you His word, He wants you to bank on that forever and don't say anything else. Nothing should replace in our mouths what God has said we don't immediately start to verbalize questions and fears and what ifs and no if god said it if it doesn't look like anything's happening you hold fast to that amen and if that weren't a challenge we wouldn't be given those scriptures if it, if it weren't a challenge to our flesh because your flesh wants to rise up the unrenewed part of your mind the family members that you have that don't believe they all want to rise up and say what they see. I'm just being a realist. <laughs> no, you're not. You're showing, demonstrating a lack of faith in what God has promised. And so we say, how do we choose? We choose with our mouth. How do I choose life? I choose it with my mouth. Amen. You've seen that program on TV called What Not to Wear? You heard of it? There should be another one called What Not to Say. I think they could go around our country and probably visit a few churches and find people who are speaking their lives into the pit. Their lives are going nowhere fast, a lot of chaos, and it's all coming out of their mouths. And they could do programs, teach them what to say. Stop saying that. Now start saying this. You've been saying this for how long now? That is so 70s. <laughs> you need to stop saying. You need to start saying this. And if we could teach everyone how to speak, the, speak God's language, oh, wow, what a difference that would make. Don't agree with death. Fight it with your mouth. It's not so much what other people say that's going to make or break you, but it is what you say about yourself. And what you say about your life. Uh, don't always just say what's true. Let me say it this way. Don't always speak the facts. But say the truth. Don't limit yourself to what is a physical reality. Only limit yourself, if that is a limitation, to what is a spiritual truth. Because the spiritual truths of God will change the facts that you see. And it will change the reality that you live in. Someone said, I'm just calling it like I see it. Well, quit that. You're not supposed to do that. Remember, remember Romans chapter 4? How God and Abraham said they called those things which be not as though they were. They didn't say they called it like they saw, like they saw it. Yeah. Abraham could have said, I look in the mirror, I'm old, Sarah's old, yikes. <laughs> we're going to do what? We're going to have what? We're, you know, No. That's calling it like he saw it. No, he called it like it was supposed to be. Call your life the way it should be, and your, your life will respond. Call it into being. Call it into line. If it starts getting off track, call it back. You get back here, and you speak the word of God, the very promises of God, and those things will govern your life. I want to do a little exercise in closing here this morning. We talk about saying, so let's do some saying. Let's use our mouths. Everybody ready? Fire it up. There are scriptures like uh, uh, 
Well, Proverbs 12, 18 says, There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. You know you can promote health in your own life by your words. And so what we want to do is I've just taken a few categories and a handful of scriptures for us to go ahead and speak out of our mouths. And so, man, we're going to just, if you've been going the wrong way, we're going to steer your ship the right way leaving here today. Now, you can counteract that as soon as you leave if you want. <laughs> go, back to, go back to normal. Uh, but at least we're going to get you going in the right direction. You won't be able to say I didn't do my job. <laughs> Let's talk about healing and health a little bit, all right? Tongue of the wise. Let, 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 just go ahead and say this out loud. My tongue, my tongue. steers my life, steers my life. Toward, health. toward health. The more I speak, the, I speak. the healthier I get. Yeah, amen. Matthew 8, 17 says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, him, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Praise God. It's talking about Jesus at the cross. And so uh, go ahead and say this out loud. Uh, Jesus, took Jesus took all my infirmities. All my infirmities. He, bore all my he bore all my pain, all my sicknesses. All my sicknesses. Therefore, Therefore, I am free. I, am free. I don't have to live with infirmity. What he took, I don't have. What he bore, I need not bear. So I'm healthy. My body is strong. Amen. First Peter 2.24 says, Who himself bore our own sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Say it out loud. Jesus took my place. He took my sins. So I could have righteousness. So he was made sin. I am the righteousness of God. And by His stripes, I am healed. Amen. Amen. Psalm 91, verse 16 says, With long life I will satisfy Him and show Him my salvation. Amen. Say it out loud. I'm going to live a long time. I'm going to live a satisfying life. The Lord gives that to me. Amen. How about, how about finance, finances and well-being and prosperity, those types of issues? Uh, Deuteronomy 8.18 says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He swore to your fathers as it is this day. Praise God. Say it out loud. The Lord gives me the, gives me the, power, the power, the ability, the ability to, obtain to obtain wealth. It's a part of His covenant. Of his covenant. And I have it now. Amen. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your hearts. Say it out loud. I am delighting, I am delighting in, the Lord, in the Lord, and He is fulfilling, and he is fulfilling my, heart's desire. my heart's desire. Amen. Some of these things, you know, if we had time, you, you don't just say it once. You say it several times. And, and you find, you'll find, now watch. I want you to practice this and try this out. Find that the Holy Spirit will connect with you while you're doing this. These words are inspired by him. And he'll, you'll find that if you'll listen as you're doing this, it'll start flowing out of your heart. It really turns into a form of prophecy. It'll flow out of your heart, and he'll let these things expand and grow. And all you're doing is you're thanking him, and you're speaking about yourself words of life that he has said. Okay? Uh, let's see. Psalm 112, verse 3 says, Wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. This is the man, the one who fears the Lord. 
Say it out loud. Wealth and riches, Wealth and riches are, in are in my house. I have more than enough. Have more than enough. No, need, no need. No lack. No lack but abundance. But abundance. That's, what's with me. That's what's with me. Wealth and riches, Wealth and riches in, my house. in my house. Yay. Luke 6.38 says, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Say it out loud, I'm a giver. giver. And I'm a receiver. receiver. I give generously. generously. And I receive generously. generously. As I give, give, it is given back to me. Good measure, measure. pressed down, down. shaken together, together. and running over. People are always giving me stuff. Money. Favor, things, things. the Lord causes it to happen, happen. and I live in abundance. abundance. Amen. Say that for a month. Take that pill three times a day for a month. (laughs) See how it affects your life. Amen. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Say it out loud, I am prospering in everything I do. By his faithfulness, I always make it through. It is the Lord's will for me to prosper. So I walk in that every day in my health, in my wealth, in my body, in my marriage, in everything. Amen. How about kids? Isaiah 54, 13 says, All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. If you have kids, say it out loud. My kids kids are taught by the Lord. Lord. He instructs them every day. day. Their desire is for the things of God God more than anything else. And great peace peace is in their lives. lives. Amen. Psalm 112 verse 2 says, His descendants, this is the same guy from earlier who fears the Lord, uh, His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Say, my kids kids are mighty on the earth. They carry influence. They are used of God. They're in His plan. And they are blessed. Amen. A little bit more? I was just getting some different subjects here. Here's some on marriage. Proverbs 12, 4. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. But she who causes shame, oh, is, I keep reading that part, but it says is like the rottenness of his bones. We don't want to say that. <laughs> Unless you're planning on causing shame, then you, you, uh. Ladies, if you're married, say, I'm an excellent wife. I'm an excellent wife. Now say it like you mean it. I'm an excellent wife. And the crown of my husband. Proverbs 18, verse 22, says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Men, you married? Say it out loud. My wife is a good thing. Say it again. My wife is a good thing. And I obtain favor from the Lord. Amen. Philippians 1, 9 says, And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. Everybody say it out loud. The love of God in me me is abounding abounding more and more, more and more. In every circumstance, in everything I face, the love of God rises up 
and I treat people right. I respond in love. Amen. Song of Solomon 7.10, I am my beloved's and his desire is toward me. Ladies, if you're married, say it out loud. I am my beloved's and he wants me. He wants me alone. Nobody else but me. His desire is for me. Amen. Philippians, we're running out of time. Let's go fast. This is like just Christian life stuff. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing that he has begun a good work and you will, also, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And then Philippians 2, 13 says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And then John 8, 29 says, and he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone for I always do those things that please him. That's what Jesus said. Say it out loud after me. The Lord is working in my life. The Lord is working in my life. He began it. And he will finish it. He continues to work in me, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I want what's right. I do what's right. I always do those things that please him. Amen. Let me just encourage you to say by faith what you want, not what you have. Say what the Lord has said, not what you see and not what you feel. Let the, and not, not just a thought again, but say it. When you talk about prayer, when you think about, about praying, let it be your confession, the words out of your mouth. Say, I always get what I pray for. I always get what I pray for. Every time I pray, I get an immediate response from heaven. What, you, what are you doing? Is that, is that kind of trying to work on God? We're not working on Him. We don't need to work on the Lord. We need to work on us. And that's what these things are doing. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And by faith, we can agree with him instead of agreeing with what we see and feel because you'll find they don't always agree. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today. Thank you for your faithfulness, for your love in our lives, for your word in our lives. It changes us, and it makes us mighty and powerful for you. Help us to govern the words of our, of our mouths so that we can speak words that increase, words that help, words that lift up. Lord, I give you all the honor and all the praise for the great things that you have done and are doing. Father, I pray for those today who've never been born again. I ask that you touch their lives.